Hi, this is Mark. Sometimes talking to a friend or family member about permaculture can be met with a blank stare if it's all new to them. A great way to explain some of it can be over a card game using permaculture playing cards, which each have interesting facts with quality illustrations and descriptions. A wide range of people, places, and things, all related to permaculture, can be found on the permaculture playing cards at richsoil.com forward slash cards. All right, it's counting down. Okay, All right. here we are. Yeah, we're going to continue, but, but uh, there's a note up here about the, the thing we started talking about in the last podcast, just a little bit, the difference between gardening and farming yeah. and having many gardeners to the property. Now, um, <clears throat> I've talked to uh, Dr. Julia about this a few times, but yeah. but first of all, i got to say that, of course, the thing that there's many people who think they, they, they are keen on the idea of permaculture farming, and I and I gotta say, like, uh, I think that you know maybe the guy you want to follow is Richard Perkins, you know, like okay. like what yeah. he's doing. Uh huh. Yeah. But uh, I kind of tend to be like I wish to ha- have permaculture gardens instead of a permaculture farm, and so and I kind of get the feeling that you're saying that you're kind of thinking something that smells like that phrase as well. Yes, I am. Okay. Um, and this is imp- for a couple of reasons. One, Richard Perkins, uh, Mark Shepard, you know, some yeah. of those, they're, that's what they're doing. They are farmers, right? I yeah. mean, that's very clear. And they have the ability, the, the training or experience to look at a large piece of property and see all of the different systems that go into it. Right. Um, a, I don't think I'm quite that person, right? Okay. And I don't think most people are. Um, and B, if you want to be that farmer of 40 acres, you cannot do that yourself, pretty much. You need assistance. You need workers. You need employees, I think. Richard Perkins certainly does. Yeah. I mean, or at least interns or people who have an interest in just coming and hanging out and participating. I'm not entirely sure what his situation is. It but seems like Mark Shepard's stuff is pretty solo. I mean, has he got people out some there? Some of his stuff is solo, I yeah. think, yeah. yeah. But, um, but he, you know, that's his thing. He's doing yeah. that. Yeah. I am not doing that. I'm not you know, all in on that one. I'm kind of sitting on a fence. And so, but if you want to do these things of build community, right, and have people around, and especially if there's any sort of egalitarian kind of flavor to community, um, then having one person be the farmer who decides what everybody else is doing doesn't work so well, is my guess. Um, Whereas if everybody's there and you have your distinct little spots that you can garden and maybe they expand and they shrink and they bump into each other a little bit, but it's a well-defined area. It's much easier for people to come into that situation and say, ah, not unlike the ants, perhaps. Mm -hmm. This is my area, and I'm going to do my thing here. um, Within certain guidelines. Within the guidelines. And also, look over the fence and go, hey, you know what you're doing over there? 
maybe we could, uh, you know, get your peanut butter and my chocolate together right, kind right, of a thing, right? Right, right, right. right. And um, it's sort of like, hey, your cattle are leaving those tasty cow pies behind. Can I have my chickens come through? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my cows, your chickens, but there's benefit for everybody there. Sure. But sure. it's still my cows and your chickens. Yeah. And later I'm going to trade you some eggs for some beef. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, so a uh, couple of things. and I want to bring up the number one thing that, and I think maybe I've only talked to Dr. Julie about this when we have permies.com staff meetings. Yeah. And so, um, but but in a nutshell, I kind of feel like, I mean, right now I'm, I'm working overtime on getting the skip book out. Yeah. And it's kind of like, and I, and, and I have heard some of the tales of woe that you've had on your place and look at the sad face is coming across your face there so i heard and Head snacks, and, yes. and i and it's kind of like part of me kind of thinks like you want to do a cool thing and um and it's kind of like but if you just start sit bringing people in and because you've because of the history you've already got like if you brought in eight different people and gave each of these eight people an acre Chances are all eight of them will start an organized revolt. Yes, absolutely. And first of all, because I am closer to urban centers and the Department of Making You Sad um, is nearly eight miles away or, or so, I have to not have 10 different people um that's not really an option um for living there anyway maybe if people want to come and rent a plot but that's a different thing right i mean it gets but, complicated fast yeah, it, i'm it, going it somewhere does. real quick let me let me yeah. get to where i'm going and then you can tell me how it's a stupid idea okay and so what if you said and and like you know granted this is assuming a lot of stuff but what if you said like we we're going we are open to uh, giving giving an acre, you know, like yeah. like not not like a gift of an acre, but but more like um, allowing an acre to be occupied by somebody who is PEP one certified, who wishes to oh, seek man. PEP two certification and beyond uh, on our land. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like, but it'll be you don't even have to pay us rent. In the meantime, if somebody else wants an acre and they want to rent an acre, it's um, Ten thousand dollars a year, because <laughs> that's how much money I need to be able to tolerate your shit. Um, something like that. Well, um, yeah. So th- there's a, a, a break here into the the general idea that uh, people with the pet badges are attractive to landowners, not just because I'm. I'm, I'm feeling a lot the edge of my years, and I want to give the land to somebody. No, 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 no. Right? I'm not. No, I, I understand. But my point is that as a as somebody who's tried to find people to come and live on the farm, and share some values, and participate in the improvement of it. Because doing so makes the world a better place. You love the idea of of having eight magnificent collaborators oh, there. Oh yeah, totally. And it's like if they're if if it's a symbiotic relationship, it's you're thinking like 
that's totally cool. I'm I'm cool with you guys don't have to pay me a fucking penny. Okay, well, not okay, but maybe uh, maybe a, maybe three or four pennies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the rent has been um, set to be very affordable um, for people, and um, that uh, has been good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for, I've got one couple and their child who live there. Um, and you know, they both went through uh, Toby Hemingway's PDC back in the day. Right. And okay. um, you know, they are doing pastured chickens, and they now they do have a tilled area. You know, I can't get everything. I want, can't get everything, but right. they've got that and they did a little test CSA and they get it. You know, okay. they're moving in that direction and they are right. absolutely a positive contribution. Okay. That this is absolutely essential. But now they're also living in the house. They're living in one of the houses. That's correct. It seems like it's fair that you would charge rent for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Living in the house. Yeah. Now, um, and then some others doing the same thing. But, and I found all of these people so far via a uh, the Friends of Family Farmers of Oregon, and they have basically farmer dating in a sense, which is, you know, a landowner wants somebody to come and do something on the land, and then you have people without land who are looking for land, and, you know, let's get together. Okay. And that's been uh, pretty good. I mean, I found some good people. I think there's some really good people who've been listed on there, which I was unable to attract mm-hmm. um, to my plot. And then there are a lot of people who basically just looking for a place to live and Whatever. And they're willing to say whatever they think you want to hear yeah, yeah, yeah. to be I'll, able to get with that. I'll farm. It's like, yeah, whatever. I'll farm so much, yeah. like with a shovel. I have no and, idea uh, what I'm doing, but I read a book uh, once. Uh, uh, cows. I can get um, one from the library. Uh, chickens. Yeah. Uh, so, turnips. I can say these words. Or medicinal herbs. Um, there's, <laughs> oh my. So, okay. Um, anyway, so there's, there's a lot of that that goes on. But, you know, you can find people. It would be so much easier for me. Yeah. If somebody came along and said, hey, I've done the pep, you know, and I'm, I'm level one. I'm level two. I'm here. This is what I've done. These are my, my BBs that I've completed. Right. I need a and place I, to do more. And I know something about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would love to have events. I would love to have skip events out there. I need to get to a point, and I think skip mm-hmm. needs to get to a point where I can do that. Um, but, you know, there are a whole lot of people within the local urban area. Mm-hmm. I'm 30 minutes away. Yeah, yeah. You can come on out, and we can talk about, look, it's a hoogle. This is how you build one. Yeah. Oh, wow. Here's a backhoe. You can dig some holes with the backhoe. Now you can get the badge bit. You want to know about chainsaws? Oh, we can do chainsaws. You want to cut down a tree? We got trees. We have so many trees, we don't cut down dead trees. We have to cut down live trees. The badge bit needs a little modification there. Um, <laughs> oh, is it the badge bit that needs modification? Maybe you need to modify some of your trees. Well, I don't have dead trees. You have, you, oh, you have no, you have no dead standing. I have almost no dead standing trees. It would. I heard a yeah. rumor about some apple trees that were dead standing. Yeah, I mean, apple trees are. Do those even count for that? I don't know. Anyway, it's a tree. <laughs> well, anyway, um, but um, I think it is a fantastic idea um, to have that sort of a framework yeah. around this of um, which demonstrates both knowledge. And interest and drive. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz in order to get the BBs you got to have some self-propelled something or another. Yeah. 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 And then um but I think I when I heard your guys' story a long time ago, um I I heard I kind of thought about the tie-in to Pep and then I talked to Dr. Julie about it then. But I I kind of feel like there's um a lot of people where they have all these ideas about things that they want to do and then um there's people that are and I think I think like for example when the people came to your place and they said we're going to do the permacultures we're going to we're going to do all these we're going to plant the things we're going to we got the the animals yeah, we got yeah. the we're going to do all the and then I think that they authentically thought that they would I think that in their mind at that point like I'm going to I'm going to do all these things and then yeah. of course it turned out that they didn't but I, I kind of feel like, um, there's, this is where, where Pep and Skip kind of comes in, and that is that it, it really separates the people who actually do stuff from the people who are still in fantasy mode. And, um, now, and then it's like, the other thing is, is, is it's like, uh, I think, I think when, when you and I both start dreaming about what we're going to do, with our with our stuff, yeah. Then um, it's kind of like, boy, it would be great to have a dozen people with a dozen oh. different acres here, and we all each like th- that guy over there is into the cattle, and this person, this gal over here, she's into the honeybees, and uh, this one over here is a uh, natural builder, and this one, you know, and you got all of it yeah. going on, yeah. and it's like and you sit down at the table with all of them once a week or twice a week or something. It's just this is a dream come true. Yeah, and then yeah. and then a lot of this stuff just starts showing up, and you you never sat down and thought it all the way through on how it should show up. It just kind of starts to show up. Yeah, I think things just happen. And now I've got a good group of people. Um, and, you know, there's some rough edges. There always are. Yeah. You know, it, it is not some sort of utopia. Um, but I've got a good group of people. They, uh, you know, there's plenty of room for them. They're doing their things. And I'm feeling the momentum building okay. around that. And one of the things I need to do is uh, finish up working on the uh, third room of the house. So I'm out of it and I can bring in another person. Uh-huh. And that would basically give me four entities plus myself out there. All right. Doing All things. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, can I diverge and go back to, you had a recent podcast with oh, somebody, should I stay or should I go? Um, Northern right. California, right? right? Right. And there's a big question about, oh, well, should I stay here and do these intense permaculturally things on this other person's property? Or should I, you know, should I go find my own place? Yeah. And my answer to that one is, no, you should absolutely go and do this somewhere else first. You need to you need to be an intern. You need to do some stuff. You go through that cycle because I think a lot of people will sort of come out of that cycle and then go, well, you know, I'm actually not the right person for that. And also, it if not, if you do come out and you say, oh, this is the right thing for me to be doing, you now have a skill base and an experience base which allows you to identify the kind of property that you want 
and what you can do on it more effectively than if you're just like, oh, I'm going to go buy a piece of property and go all permaculture on it. You're well, grimacing. A lot of these people, they, they have some money, and they, they, they don't even really have enough for a down payment for a decent place unless it's like two acres right next to some sort of toxic waste dump yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. And uh, what they'd like to have is 80 acres with a nice house and stuff, but they don't have near enough money for that. Right. And they've got no income stream whatsoever. Right. And so I, I kind of think maybe the guy should um, stay on the property where he is and get PEP4 certified. Yeah. Then he'll have his pick of like, you know, 50 different, places that'll be willed to him or he could possibly just stay on his friend's place yeah you know because he's spiffed it out so much he just wants to stay or he could he could just stay at his friend's place and then whenever thing goes if anything ever goes a little off yeah then you know then he's got all the options of all of these otises out there right well i mean and so the skip and you know pep programs there are basically measures of human capital to go mm. economist speak, okay. right? And so, yeah, you're there, you're building things. And sure, if you're on a piece of property and you have to leave, you might leave that beautiful hugel behind or that bed that you right. started. You know, there are things that you're going to leave behind. Yeah. But you are going to take with you the skills, experience, and knowledge that you developed in doing that. Right. And that is a very real thing. True. Um, and uh, Joel Salatin talks a bit about this um, as well in a different sort of way. But it's like you can have your portable chicken tractors and then you can just rent some land. And then when the, they say, nope, you can't rent that land anymore. Fine. You take your chicken tractors, you put them on the truck and you go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, um, that you don't have to have deep capital investments in a piece of property in order to develop human capital. All true. All true. And at the same time, I think what a lot of us are shooting for is to go out and plant a thousand apple seeds. And then 10 years later, there are 10 beautiful apple trees yes. and we're eating those apples. That's right. And so that's kind of like that's some serious roots in a spot. Yeah. Um, and and at the same time, uh, it's kind of like, um, wouldn't it be nice to walk onto 200 acres that has two homes and you get a strong tractor and a strong pickup and 90 grand in the bank and it's all yours? Yeah. You know, and it's like all and the only thing that person's asking for when they died, the only thing they asked for is to live the homesteader life or live a permaculture yeah. life or live that life that you've been living, but live it here on my place. Yeah. Have my place flourish in in uh, horticultural magnificence mm -hmm. yeah. um, instead of it being turned into a subdivision of cookie cutter houses. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so it's like that's that's the only thing he asks in right. exchange for all of this stuff. Yeah. And so I I so the, the the thing I'm trying to put to you is like, okay, rather than calling it a permaculture farm, calling it permaculture gardens. That that's gonna require maybe six different gardeners. Yeah. And and it's kinda like, okay, well, the moment that you say that, it's like this is now about community living. There's no other way to do it, right? Pretty I much. I mean, what's gonna yeah. be the relationship there? Yeah. And then um <clears throat> And all I'm trying to say 
is something like if someone's PEP1 certified, you know, I suspect, okay, maybe you're not going to give them a free chunk, but maybe you'll, you know, knock off 70% off the price tag or something of whatever it is you're going to rent a bare acre for. Well, so uh, the going rate for a bare acre in my area is essentially set by the price of hay. Which is <laughs> so, uh, and um, which is basically a hundred dollars an acre per year. And so, I, if somebody were to come to me and say, "Could I just do this stuff over here?" I'm, uh, they can just do it. Now, the, the problem I have is I have other people who pay rent and are there, and I need to manage that and their yeah. space and their life. I mean, not just have a you bunch of people a, coming in and out. Avoid so resentments. And so but this is definitely something I have considered. Yeah. Um, because for everybody who's on my farm right now, my yeah. property, anyway, okay. everybody who's there, my sincere hope is that they will be able to leave and go get their own place and do something that they will have developed that either by living there they will develop the skills they will develop the savings they will have developed the knowledge that they need to yes this is something i want to go and do and if they choose not to then that's okay so it is a bit of an experiment in that way of come and see if this works for you Mm -hmm. um you don't have to pony up hundreds of thousands of dollars to try. Right. And you can have a spot. Right. 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 Um, I, good. All good. Um, I, I'm kind of thinking about, um, <clears throat> there, there's, are we talking about somebody that's got a PEP1 certification, for one? Because the, the problem that you've had in the past is that somebody shows up and then they behave poorly. They're like, I have rented your acre for uh, $600 for the year, and uh, I have brought in my cardboard box collection, and I have glued <laughs> them together to make my little palace yes, of yes. cardboard, and this is how I live, and uh, you know, I've paid my rent, so you can just fuck right off now, and uh, you know, so I kind of I kind of feel a little bit like you've already been down this road, and you have felt pain. And I'm trying to come up with, like, basically what I'm trying to say is, is I think that people that are going to be PEP1 certified are probably less likely to, to, to bring pain. Another thing is, is that for, I, I, for the I whole... Agree, I agree with that statement. Okay, good. Um, absolutely. I, I think, and if somebody were to be PEP2, even better. Okay. Now, now I don't I, think I'm going to attract somebody who's three or four. They're okay. going to have other options. They're going to have better options. Oh, yeah. And also the scale of things that you need to do for like PEP4 of grow a year's worth of calories. And for four people. For four people and yeah. so forth. That's 
being able to do that requires a deeper relationship. You're not going to be able to show up at my door and say, knock, knock, Elliot, could you help me get PEP4? I need to do this thing. Uh, that, that's a hard one to do transactionally. Yeah, somebody's got PEP3, I think it's going to take them about two years or more, maybe three, to get PEP4. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's... That's not the kind of thing that you can just sort of do transactionally. Like, oh, I'd just yeah. like to get this, and then I'll be on my way. Not not how that's going to happen. Pro- probably. probably. Hey, this is T. Blankenship. Are you a fan of pie? Where there's pie at permies.com. This pie grants the user of secret access. You also get free things like videos of Wheaton Labs, the ability to add two thumbs up, two posts, and more. To get pie, go to permies.com forward slash pie to get the inside scoop of what pie can do for you. Again, that is permies.com forward slash pie. Um, in my book called Permaculture Thorns, I'm going to guess you have not read my book Permaculture Thorns. Um, I have found a like draft copy, yeah. and I have not read it. Okay. Because, right. yeah. Now, uh, in it is an article that I wrote on Permies a long time ago. Uh, it's called The Story of Andy, Not His Real Name. And is this the one where the FBI ended up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've heard, yeah, yeah. I've heard okay. the story oh, okay. of Andy. Yes, yes. And The moral uh, of the story is, is yeah. that um, if you set your price point low, you'll get a lot of people who don't give a flying fuck about your values or what you want to do. They'll tell you whatever they want yeah. to be able to get in yeah and and do their own thing yeah and then uh, and then you find yourself learning all about eviction law to get rid of them yes and and, so, and how much i just spent with an eviction lawyer yeah um and uh because yeah nope sorry you yeah don't, and you don't so fit. i i thought that what andy did in the last pass so his third pass mm-hmm. was rather smart and that was that because he, originally he, you know, charged like half the rent yeah. of what the going rate was. Uh-huh. And um, thinking like, and everybody who showed up had taken a PDC. Yeah. Which That's proved, amazing. it proved to have very little value to Andy uh-huh. in the end. Huh. And they all said they were in a community. And that's what Andy wanted. He wanted yeah. a permaculture community. Right. And so it ended poorly. And then the second time ended poorly again. And so the third time, what he did is he raised the rent to be um, like 10% higher than the going rate. So rather than half, the rent being half, yeah. he actually said it to be higher. So then the only people who would come over are people that are interested in permaculture community because right. and they're willing to pay extra for it. Yeah. And then he took the difference of money and he paid one person living there to do all of this stuff there. Right. right. And I kind of thought that is so smart. That's pretty clever. <clears throat> yeah. Um, th- there's there's a trick in that one. I haven't been I haven't figured out how to navigate. Mm-hmm. And that is that um, if you have a worky job. Yeah. Away that yeah. allows you to pay market or above market rent. Yeah. Then do you have time to participate mm-hmm. in these, right? And ah, so to point. some extent, it makes sense. You pay more, then you take that bonus, that extra, that overage over the market, mm-hmm. and then that goes to somebody else who goes around and actually does the stuff and basically is the gardener and makes you feel good about the place that you're living. Um, and that's 
that's possible. I, I, I kind of work part of that. A lot of people work remotely now. Right, but it's... They're still working instead of doing the permaculture dream. Right. Well, how often do you get up to the lab to do what you want to do at the lab? That's, that's a very good point. Right. I, I spend mean, most of my time in this office. Yeah, do, f- focusing on big things. Well, yeah, the lab's a big thing. But I'm trying to pay for the things that right. we do here. Right. right. Yeah. And I'm trying to raise kids and keep a thumb going in my, my little consulting business. Yeah. And um, because someday that will, well, you know, is a thing right, I can right. put more time into. And um, at the same time, you know, keep the, the property moving forward in the right direction. Yeah. So it's it's tricky, but I'm I'm quite happy with the people I've got now. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a big rush to find anybody else. I would like to, and I, I frequently have conversations with people who are on on a, the periphery of that decision. Mm-hmm. They're like they're thinking about it, and it's like, well, come on out. We'll talk about it. We'll see. I'll tell you how it goes for me. Maybe there's a better place for you. Maybe not. But I'll share my experience um, and what works and what hasn't worked on that property. And um, and some of those people might, you know, turn into, oh, yeah, you know, we do want to be out there. I like I like the idea that 10 years from now, there will be thousands of people that are PEP1 certified. And there'll be, you know, dozens in your area. Yeah. And then it kind of seems like you could say, we like to facilitate people that are PEP1 certified in their pursuit of PEP2 or PEP2 people in pursuit of their PEP3. And so, you know, we offer, you know, we, we offer a plot of land. If somebody's like at, you know, they've got zero BBs and they're like thinking about getting, or they've got five BBs and they want to go for yeah. PEP one. Yeah. It's like, here's the rate that we charge. And right. then once you get to PEP one, here's the lower rate. Yeah. You know, yeah. or whatever. Well, and especially if it's a sort of part time summer thing. You know, you don't live there. You, you know, you're, what you're renting is a garden plot, right? Right. And you um, put your tent on it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be acceptable. Yeah. Um, and there's a spot in uh, on the far west side of Portland where they do that. That's their business model is renting to farmers. You know, and want to be farmers, and it's like, well, here you can have this section of the of the land, and you know, there are a few rules, but only a few. Right. It's. I would have more rules. Yeah. Well, it's cheap. It's easy to get into, and they also provide um, some element of technical advice as well. Okay. Yeah. So I'm all. I, I guess the thing is, is that I kind of feel like if someone's PEP one certified. They've kind of they've kind of separated themselves from a bunch of other people. The people that you've had trouble with. I'm not saying that Pep One people will, will be you know trouble free, but it does seem like the people that are getting a lot of BBs are really industrious people. It would be a fantastic filter screen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, imagine a property that has a whole bunch of PEP1 people on, or PEP2. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just kind of feel like, you know, yeah. now now we're cruising, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that one of the advantages of the PEP program is that it is according to Paul. 
and I know what that means. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, in a way that, say, a Jeff Lawton PDC, I'm not really sure what that means in a sense, right? Well, um, it's kind of like the thing with that's Andy. That's not a dig. It's not a dig. My it's experience just, at the Greenlight place and the thing with Andy and uh, so many other people is like, so many people have a PDC and they're douchebags. Yeah. And it's kind of yeah. like, um, it doesn't well, mean that they're, I mean, it, it seems like they aspire to a certain set of values, but do they aspire to it in action or do they aspire to sure. it while they're stoned? Yeah. And um, it just creates a more common language for, you know, discussing things, sure. you know. Sure. And uh, by the way, yeah, you probably have the highest density of installed kindling crackers like around here in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but just like, you know, to understand, oh, you can make a kindling cracker and you know how to use one. And why is that relevant? You know, how does that fit into all of these other systems? Because it's it's not just a permaculture, as it's it's according to Paul, that it's an extension of this place and the systems that you have developed. Right. And now, does that mean that those are and you know this, those are not necessarily appropriate for every place that one might go. But it's a fantastic foundation to work from and then say, yeah, well, yeah, that works for Paul over there. We have to do things a little differently here. Like, we cut down live trees here, not dead trees. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and, and there's slightly different concerns about water and, you know, groundwater and how do we protect things against water and rock because I get at least twice the amount of rain that you do and so So forth. someday you might develop permaculture experience he, according yeah, to Elliot. Yeah. 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 P-E-E. This is why I wanted you to do the pecs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but really, I am... One of the things I wanted to do in purchasing this place is indeed offer that uh, sort of an outreach or educational component. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of had to pull away from that in the last two years. I really want to get back to that. And one of the things I would love to do, and I would love to hear from people out there, if you're in the Northwest, Pacific Northwest, Portland particularly, if you're like, gee, I'd like to do this program, but how am I going to do it? Where am I going to do it? You know, I don't have a chainsaw. Well, guess what? I have tractors and chainsaws and a bunch of stuff. And I would like to hear from you if having an event would be a helpful thing. So um, I like the idea of having... um uh, I mean, you could just just have a skip event or something like that of your own, where it's like, come on out. For, and one of the things we've kind of proposed is like, you could say, we need to get some firewood put up. There's a firewood BB. Okay. And yeah. so, you know, all we require is on the first day, everybody gets their firewood BB. Then you can work on whatever fucking BB you want after okay, that. Okay, yeah, that's... Because now i got my firewood up. The price of admission is stacking <laughs> the firewood over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is there a log hauling BB? Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there is something you said when you get a big-ass fucking log and you can't move it. And then it's like you got a dozen people there and you got six log carriers or maybe three log carriers and a couple of, you know, towing straps that you could put under the log. And then it's like suddenly, you know, 12 skipper drive. You know, it's like, wow. here it comes that log right out of the forest. I have attachments for the tractor just for that purpose. Oh. But it's still, it, it's time intensive. 
Yeah, it's and it's just cool to see it happen when a bunch of people get together and grab a oh log and lift it out. And the wonderful energy that happens from working in a group. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the wonderful energy that happens from working in a group of people that are industrious. Because if you've got people in your group that are kind of like, you know, they're looking for the chair, they're looking for the video game, they're looking to, you know, then it kind of takes the energy out. Oh, yeah. But if you've got a bunch of, this is why I like the idea of having, uh, hosting some more BB20 events here. Sure. Because the people that show up for the BB20 events are, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty industrious. Yeah. Yeah. They're ready so, to go. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, what a, what a great filter right there. Sure. So, um, I don't. I I kind of I kind of feel like I I just want to say I I I like the idea that this program that I've now put so many years into is going to turn yeah. out to be something where industrious people are rewarded handsomely, and yeah. people that are the flim flammers and liars and whatevers that you know we seem to attract that they get boned and it's kind of like yeah I, yeah i i'm all for that yeah um and yes never bring somebody onto the farm who says they're a marketer because <laughs> anybody well because if they believe that a version of marketing is that there is no truth except what you can convince people of oh shit i no go away okay. no right. i don't want you around all right let's an ex marketer maybe but, yeah let's look at your list here sure. um, there's something about commercial extraction versus nurturing yeah well uh, this is sort of the, the gardening versus farming discussion in part yeah. And we talked about, you know, the difference between, you know, the hay soil, which has been, you know, extracted. and now and, dirt. Oh, yeah. And versus hell to grow thing. hay there anymore because, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the, the difficulty in finding somebody who wants to, quote, farm the land, right, and also is really on board about regeneration, yeah. you know, um, okay. and improving it, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to find those folks, as, I, as we talked about. See, I, I just kind of, because like uh, when I got on to Mount Spokane, so I had 80 acres. Now, it's the first time I had anything more than like a quarter of an acre urban plot. Uh-huh. And um, uh, although I, I, I eventually ended up with a quarter acre urban plot that was very well aligned for a gardener. Yeah. And uh, deep soils, southern exposure, you yeah. know, lots of sun, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Then... And then I kind of like grew everything I could get to fit on that plot. Right. And then, and then I go and I get my 80 acres and everything is now <laughs> completely different. Yeah. And how you do everything is completely different. And it was, it was, it was draining. I mean, I built a lot of ponds. I did a mm-hmm. lot of cool stuff, but it just kind of seemed like. It was the work was infinite, and there and I there was no way at the rate I was going, there was no way I was going to get everything done within my lifespan. Yeah, and so it's it's like I knew then that that something it had something differently had to yeah. change. But yeah. the thing is, is that I loved gardening, and um, and somehow by by being limited to a quarter yeah. of an acre, I did a lot of gardening. Yeah. And and a quarter of an acre just wasn't enough. Um, But then when it's 80 acres, acres, it's just overwhelming. It just drinks all of your time. And I did. I I built a lot of cool stuff, blah, blah, blah. 
But it's yeah, a but... different thing. And you do. You start to feel the specter calling you. And all your neighbors are saying, you're a dumbass if you don't use Roundup. Yep. You're a fucking idiot. Yep. And uh, all the, the whole buffet of herbicides, you're a fucking idiot if you don't do this. Well, And, and then we, you start yeah. getting people who are like, I'm willing to donate organic matter to you, but it's loaded with GMOs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all of these things, and you're saying no. So to, to have values, <clears throat> when you're a, a farmer... It's it's like the work is so hard to get it all established. Yeah. On the other hand, if yeah. you're a gardener, then it's it's easier to have values as it's a true. gardener. It's interesting. Well, it's a much smaller thing because you're gardening just for yourself. If you're farming, there's this implicit idea that you're selling it to somebody else and you're allowing somebody else via how much they're willing to pay to determine the value of your work. And So there's a, yeah. a local farming outfit. There's a little town called Dixon, and they um, and their their product, and you see it, and it's like it'll say uh, on it, Dixon Melons, which I always thought sounded like a name of a porn. <laughs> Dixon Melons. Yeah, Dixon Melons. Let me say that a couple more times. Dixon Melons. So, but anyway, <laughs> the thing is, is it's kind of like, okay, so somebody said we're going to grow melons here. Yeah. That's, that's going to be our thing. That's our crop. Yeah. I wonder if they have a garden there. You know, it's like... This is so, Dixon, California you're talking about? No, it's here in Montana. Oh, there's a Dixon, Montana? Yeah, Dixon there's Melons. A Dixon, there's a Dixon, uh, California as well, which is probably melon-growing territory. Okay, so here in Montana, so. Dixon Melons. Have I said it enough? I mean, I can't. you can't unhear it now, can you? No. That's all you hear. I'm going to have to go tell Mud this one. He'll like it. <laughs> yeah, Mud would enjoy this one. We'll get him some Dixon Melons. Yeah. But uh, uh, the, the thing is, is that... They are probably hyper-focused on their crop, and then oh, they yeah. sell their crop, they get the money, and they go to the grocery store and buy their groceries. Well, it's a cash crop problem. And, and I mean, so then, this is the servitude problem that affected, um, you know, the South, um, the, the post-bellum South, you know, um, sharecroppers and cash crop. So what I'm thinking is, you is can't that your own food. instead yeah. you have this big garden, and let's say you accidentally planted two zucchini plants. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Then, <laughs> then you're going to find 17 different friends yeah, to yeah, share zucchinis yeah. oh, with. Oh, my gosh. My mother used to leave zucchini at people's doorsteps like little lost children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all, what I'm trying to say is, is that you can sell your access. Right. Or give away your excess or whatever. Have excess and yeah. do something with your excess. And I kind of feel like that's permaculture to me Well, and as I think opposed to the farm it, it, it goes a step further because you need a community of people doing that. And then you take your surplus every Saturday to the farmer's market. And you have a rotating schedule of whose turn it is to go to the farmer's market. Or you're in a community of gardeners and you have an excess of zucchini and, and the guy share. with all the eggs right. has and, an and excess of eggs. you could just do it that way as well. Know, or you could yeah. buy and sell, hey, I'll sell you this zucchini for a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, you... I don't think it's reasonable for somebody to say, oh, well, I have this this week, so I'll go do something this week. That, that's a hard one to do. Um, but there are ways of 
I, I'm sure there are ways. I don't know what they are, but there are got to be ways of uh, creating exchanges locally, banding together to take stuff to market. Sure. Version. There, there could there, be a guy, Bob, in your community who's like, okay, I'm heading out on Saturday morning at 7 a.m., you know, if you if you get your stuff together and get it to me before then, I'll put yeah. it on the truck and I'll sell it for you. Or or you put it on the truck and I'll give you twenty bucks a box for whatever you got, right. and I'll do my best to sell well, it at the market. You've talked about this with uh, Gertitude, and I think that there's a very real probability that somebody who is growing things in a truly permaculture non-till way, Mm -hmm. right, where the soil has gotten really good and it has not just the mineral content, but all of the biological content in it, that your food will indeed be tastier and more nutritious and healthier, and that people will pay a premium for that. Right. Nope. I agree. I agree. So um, the key is, is that we're talking about Commercial extraction versus nurturing. And I kind of feel like I'm going to advocate the Gert thing. And then you get far enough down Gert Road, and suddenly Gert's got way too much food. And um, so then, yeah, maybe there's this guy, Bob, and he makes a trip in to Missoula uh, every Saturday morning for the magnificent and glorious. Have you been to the Saturday market in Missoula? No. It is... I'm sure the the market in Missoula is good. We were um, rather spoiled with the Saturday market in Madison, which is probably one of the better ones in the country as well. And then Portland is just, and it has a lot of small markets yeah. that are just continually happening. Like Tuesday, there's one here. Thursday, there's one here. Saturday, here. You've got your little chart in your car. Oh, like man. What They're neighborhood am I am? Uh, what day? Maybe I can yeah. pick something up. Well, there's up. one across the freeway from us, so you just yeah. walk over there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what I'm, I guess the thing I'm trying to say is, is like doing a booth at the Saturday market is a hassle. It's a grind. It's and a And some people, grind. some people oh. love it. Some people love having that booth. Yeah. And then it's like, so you got, if you're Gert, and it's like, sure, I'll bring you a, Six boxes of stuff, and the guy's like forking over twenty bucks a box, and so then uh, Gert walks away with a hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, and it's like yeah. you know that was easy. Now I'm getting back to my life, and I'm gonna take a, a couple of zooks and feed it to my chickens now. Well, there's uh, uh, one of the organizations. I think it's is it also Friends of Family Farmers does a fill your pantry event, yeah. which is a thing where the farmers can show up and say, "Oh my God, look at all of this X that I." have right and then you put it up there and you sell it basically directly to people who are like ooh 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 I would like to fill my pantry with that yeah. you can imagine that my wife is in uh, right. um, <laughs> well, you know, canning and, and season. And that's another thing. Well, well, we can get some fantastic polenta out of that deal. And my wife buys a whole bunch of squash every year. And and it's done without the grind of going to the Saturday market all the time. Right. For those right. people. And right. so that's just another potential avenue okay. to say, oh, I have a surplus, and uh, we we can convert that surplus into some some cashy bits. See, the other thing is is that you try to grow things. If you're farming, you try to grow things so that they 
either all ripen at the same time or roughly or something yeah. like that. And then you're going to go up and down the rows, getting all of it and getting it into boxes and putting it on a giant truck. And if you do, you're, you're either going to do the commodity thing or you're going to try and do a CSA or yeah. whichever, yeah. all of the paths that are open to you are all pretty much poverty town and it's kind of like that's that's a bummer man yeah that's that yeah. is that is lame right and so it's kind of like i like the gert path where it's like gert gets to the point where she's growing more than she can eat yeah and um and then she has lots of options down that road she right. can give some of it away sell some of it yeah. you know yeah. sometimes people do kind of a, a little you picky kind of thing like they, yeah. they come by and say i've i've taken away eight boxes of stuff so uh, according to our agreement here's 10 bucks a box here's 80 bucks right. and Gert's like sweet 80 bucks. I'm actually thinking about a slightly different model on that one which would be to essentially lease a tree to somebody um, you know or four trees and like look you can come and collect those apples from those four trees there you go yeah. um, and um, the other way of doing it is to essentially have um, kind of a, a membership-like thing um, which allows you to come on out and it's like, well, the cherries are in season. Come pick some cherries. The blueberries are going. Come pick some blueberries. Um, you want some eggs while you're here? We've got somebody who's making, you know, who's got all these eggs. Oh, I'd like to buy those eggs. See, the, the honor system farm stand thing I think is great. Yeah. Although your road is no, too scary. No, no, not but, happening there. Um, but if yeah. you've got, if you've got like a a, a dozen different people live in there you know then it because of community and all the stuff it's like it's entirely possible that somebody could go everybody could go put their stuff in there and they could have like you know you have your own little honor honor system thing that's set up for the for the community yeah and then inside of it is like here's elliot's stuff here's julia's stuff here's bob's stuff here's jane's stuff whatever yeah and then each one's got like a little box where you can kind of take what you want and put the coin in sure. Sure. And then done, you know, and it's like you don't have to sit there and monitor it. You don't have to negotiate right. every little thing. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of, I mean, that's a very transactional one, which is okay, but I like the idea of bringing people out to walk and explore and understand what's going on and what's different about okay. About the place, and to see things, you know, to see stuff, um, like what is that giant mound you have planted all those blueberries on? Why did you do it that way? Well, let me tell you. And you know, why do you have so many gates in your fence? It's like, well, let's talk about rotational right. pasture, and you know, these sorts of things sure. is a way to sure. inform people. Sure, yeah. I think that's a good thing. The next item on your list is Mark Shepard's comment about hand tools. Equals gardeners. Yeah. Tractor equals farmer. Yeah. So, um, uh, last fall, maybe, um, no, it was more recent than that. This spring, the people at Verge Permaculture had a big event and they were promoting their new book and Mark Shepard was one of the people. And he had a comment that kind of stuck with me, which was, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to go grab my hand tools and head outside, you're a gardener. If you wake up in the morning, you say, oh, time to jump on the tractor, now you're a farmer. And um, it's just a question of scale on things in terms yeah. of how one's thinking about it. And I just thought it fit into the the gardening 
versus farming aspect of it as well. Because if you're gardening, you might on the outside need like a BCS walk behind tiller, right? Um, if you're doing that, right? Yeah. Killing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but, or yeah, they do other things. But in sure. any case, sure. but they're primarily tillers, but yeah, they, right. but the point is, it's not, a four-wheeled tractor. You don't need something because you're not hauling stuff of that size. You're not moving giant heavy things. It's all done on a very human scale. Gardening is. Right. Right. Um, whereas farming is a totally different affair. Now, is Mark really, you know, he, is he doing extractive? No, I don't think so. I mean, he's he's got it figured out pretty well. Okay. But he talks about, oh, the great benefit of, you know, oh, well, the trees are over here, and then I've got this grass here, and so every now and then, you know, once a year, he puts the... Um, he puts the subsoiler, you know, ripper, key line, plow thing on mm-hmm. and runs it along to to break the roots of the trees to, you know, like, no, 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 you can't go over there. That's not your spot. That's the spot for this other crop. You have to stay over here, trees. Um, so he's managing it, you know, right. he, you know, um, to, to, you know, affect um, to get the result that he wants. But he's using a tractor to do so. So along those lines, I used to have a little sticky note on my um, monitor or something decades ago. Yeah. And I believe this is a quote from, not Mark Shepard, but I think, if I remember correctly, it's from Ogden Shepard. Machines help you to do more, but experience less. Beautiful. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like you're relationship with mother nature is richer when you don't use a tractor yes yeah because if you're out there using your shovel and the dirt's hard you notice it more when you're using the shovel mm-hmm. whereas the threshold for how hard and bad that dirt has to be when you've got 80 horsepower out in front of you pulling you along totally different affair okay yeah I, I think it's time for me to get outside and look at and, all the stuff happening at the event. But, but we can continue this a little bit later today. Sure. If you're up for it. Yeah. And so I'm going to go with, uh, if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about soil, homesteading, and permaculture all the time. Hi, this is Mark. There are a lot of reasons to get angry these days, but I prefer to focus on the positive things that we each can do to make this world a better place. The book Building a Better World in Your Backyard, Instead of Being Angry at Bad Guys, is a great resource for just that. Instead of throwing my arms up in frustration at governments or big corporations, there's a list of ideas that we each can tackle to affect change. Information about this book and other resources can be found at permies.com.